Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had two fine uh, funny men in the studio. Not us, obviously. We had uh, Andy Smart, ball runner, comedy store player, friend of the show. On good form. He was. All, he's he's taken on a little bit of a daredevil stunt. He'll explain more. Um, Alfie Brown, very nice lad, big Liverpool fan. Brought us an impression. Um, and you'll see why he's good at impressions if you listen. Uh, and also, we had a bit of a chat. It was 1994, the, today, the first ever fantasy football show went out. And uh, Andy reminisced and surprisingly remembered quite a lot, didn't yes, he? Yes, it was uh, impressive. Yeah, that and a few bits from us. Uh, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And not for the first time, we're sort of questioning how an innocent comment in a news <laughs> conference can turn into a huge story. Yeah, it does feel like the archetypal quiet news day, really. I mean, I, I watched Jose Mourinho's press conference back yesterday because, you know, they're always fairly interesting. Mm. And he was asked a question. Apparently, he said last week, look... You keep asking me for updates on Harry Kane. I don't know. I'm not a physio. I'm not a doctor. I know really as much as you do at the moment. I've got nothing else to add. So he was again asked yesterday, have you got mm. anything? And he said, look, as I said the other day, you keep asking me about Harry Kane. I don't know. Could be next week. Could be. Look, English is his second language. And I know mm. what he said is what he said. But he speaks it brilliantly. But still, he's not fluent in it. And what he effectively said, the subtext that I read into it was... It could be next month, could be April, could be May, could be next season. Yeah. I don't know. No. It, what it wasn't, it wasn't Simon, the, the head of press, saying that we just want to point out now that, uh, that Harry Kane's healing process is not as we'd hoped and it could possibly be. It wasn't that. No. It was just the manager saying, stop asking me the same question because I can't answer that question. No, no. And suddenly it's turning, oh, who couldn't replace him? Well, he's probably going to be fit. It's turned into something it's else. Ridiculous. It's, what was a fairly it's, innocent, it's harmless Tuesday, comment. Tuesday, January the 14th. This tournament doesn't kick off till June. Yeah. He doesn't need to be fit until... May. And he played a few games and, in May, but then the warm up. And games. the guy is relatively uh, a quick healer. And he as he's will shown be in or the past. he won't. It's so pointless, isn't it? But I, mean, I don't know. I just. And I, suddenly Mason Greenwood's got involved. I think if you look at the quote in black and white, <laughs> it says, oh, he's throwing up the possibility mm. it could be next season. When you listen to the context of what he actually said in relation to the question, that's not really what I took away from it. But anyway. Yeah. And talking of ex-Chelsea managers, Antonio Conte has been paid 85 grand, another 85 grand by uh, Chelsea, after his sacking was ruled to be unfair. The yeah. judge, you have to agree with him, that's what he's come up with, Andrew Glenn, he said, the complaint of unfair dismissal is well-founded. The respondent shall pay a basic award of 1,524 and compensation of 83,632. And I'm yeah. thinking, really? 
unfair dismissal. As far as I remember it, maybe <clears throat> I wasn't... Well, I was their judge, actually. Yeah. So as far as I remember it, he did everything he possibly could to get the sack uh, from February onwards after the club didn't back him. To be fair, the club didn't back him in the transfer window in January. Mm. He started... Do you remember rightly? He started playing Hazard up front and we, we lost at Watford False very nine. heavily. Yeah. False nine. It didn't work. Played Giroud in goal a couple of times. Well, he got Giroud very <laughs> late in the window, and he didn't. You know, in the games where he didn't pick him, didn't do particularly well in in Europe. By the time the cup final came around, we had a situation where William came on for about two minutes, and when Chelsea won the cup against United, he blocked. Uh, Conte's face out in the team photo so obviously the whole relationship had broken down and I remember very we beat Liverpool on the Sunday before the yeah. season ended and then midweek we had Huddersfield it was a very important game and he picked the most strangest team and I remember clearly sending a text to my son saying I think he wants us to finish fifth I honestly believe that because I can't believe the team he's picked so all in all he didn't you know there were grounds to sack him he did things that weren't right yeah you know so I'm very surprised that this came out it does like open that. up a bit of maybe, a... It, maybe the procedure wasn't handled yeah it properly. possibly is you know, the, it probably that's... was the kind of HR procedure whoever what a player he was tremendous player HR procedure HR procedure but apparently um, John Arlott was a Chelsea fan is that Rick Glanville was saying yesterday who knew that the great the cricket come on you blues <laughs> <laughs> salary Sailor. He used to sing all the songs. <laughs> oh, John Arlott. Um, I wonder, Penny for the thoughts <laughs> of, um, uh, of Diego Costa, who was thinking, oh, yeah, unfair dismissal. You never got a text at the start of the summer saying, hi, Diego, have a good summer. By the way, I don't want you <laughs> yeah, next. By the way, they don't bother don't coming you. back. Yeah, just a text. And, so, and he was so popular in the dressing room. John Terry put up a, I was telling you before, a, a video. Diego Costa was. Diego Costa, very popular yeah. in the dressing room. John Terry put up a video from his time at Chelsea where there, where there was a play fight between... Yeah. The Masso was a right laugh, actually. Bill Blood and Diego Costa. And he couldn't lay a finger on Costa, but you could see all the players were enjoying. They were laughing, and Costa was—he's a—he's a clown. He's great for the dressing yeah. room. So I quite like Jose had gone to him for Spurs, and that would have been quite interesting having yeah, an old school villain like that. But he's doing rather well now. Once he's fit, he'll be playing right, for Atletico again. Be, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Uh, welcome back to the studio to uh, Comedian. He's currently on tour. He will be very shortly with a show that was very successful at the Edinburgh Festival called Imagination. And it's uh, Alfie Brown. Good to see you. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good. Yes, good. Uh, the, the show, it says, explores uh, love, friendship and football. So uh, that, that's all the ingredients perfect for the talk we're very audience. keen on. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you are a big Liverpool fan, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I, I feel... Uh, uh, I feel like I have uh, vertigo almost. Um, <laughs> you know that bit in Alan Partridge where he's sticking all the pens on top of each other? Yeah. And he goes, no, I've never done five. I've never done five. And <laughs> that's how I feel. Like the, the pens are about to fall down at any moment. What, remind us why Liverpool then? Uh, it's where my mother is from. Right, and my, okay. uh, my my pop, that's what I called my grandfather. Uh, I was, I don't know, indoctrinated. Is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. Um, from a very early age. Uh, and um, and that, that decision was made for me. My great, great grandfather was actually the, uh, his job was to call in the football results to the Liverpool Echoes pink section. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's in, in my blood, if not in my voice. I've, I've, I I desperately want Scouse's affection, but I, I, I cannot have it because my voice is just too gorgeous. It's it's a kind of broad church, though, isn't it? The Liverpool fan base—they are a huge club, so you know you'll you'll go to games, and you know you're not just going to hear local accents. It stands to yes, reason. Yeah. Yes, I, I was once fortunate enough to meet Michael Owen 
and uh, he said to me, um, oh, so uh, what sort of Liverpool fan are you? Like, do you all games and that? Well, are you a proper fan or whatnot? And I went, well, I've never played for Man United, if that's any... Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Beautiful. And what did you get back there? Did he see the funny side? Did he get uh, Alan Shearer on you? No, I think Steve McManaman chuckled, but he didn't. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he was listening. He was too, he was too oh, uh, excited about the fact that a bet uh, Fair play. was coming in. That, for... it's, it's, um, it's natural to feel apprehensive as a football fan, but if you could ever be comfortable... Yeah. Come with on. the position get this the cigars I don't it. like them yet but certainly get the cigars yeah, out yeah. certainly clip them in readyment you should be in the yes I, they, they should certainly being rolled on yeah. whatever thighs uh, they were they were meant to be yeah. rolled on um, I mean City would have to win every single game and Liverpool would have to lose at least five that's just not going to happen they've only lost one game in, they haven't even lost a game in a year I mean it's just not going to happen no, well, great. I'm glad about that. Thank you very much for letting me <laughs> know. Relax. And now I feel a lot more comfortable about it now. <laughs> Just relax. Have you seen the, if they're going to be playing uh, at any point when you're on stage? I suppose they will be. There might be a few evenings, Champions League and stuff like we that. We will be playing away at Wolves or West Ham, somebody beginning with a W, hmm. um, when I'm on stage at the Soho Theatre. I've actually got in trouble with promoters before for having my iPad at the back of the stage and <laughs> just putting it down before I, I think that was when we were playing Napoli in the final game of the group stage this season. I was in uh, Delft in the Netherlands yeah. and uh, and they were very annoyed that I was uh, obsessed with the football <laughs> and not concentrating on the going on the stage. They're very obsessed with football though, the Dutch. I mean, they're probably, you know, they're going to forgive you if anybody is, I would imagine. Yes, well, I'm. it's, yeah. I mean, the, certainly the people who worked at that particular venue in Delft, and I'm not sure Delft is famous for its football <laughs> or, or anything really. Plates. Yeah. Plates. Blue and white china. Yeah, that's that's, that's the big that's the big thing. That's what that's their big thing. Oh yeah. Well, maybe Blue if I was not your throwing fan. clay instead yeah. of um, <laughs> uh, looking They're at my eyes. They're probably worried about the fact that Ajax so, had got Ajax had got knocked out. This isn't a football before. show, but how does I mean, without giving away too much, how does kind of your Liverpool fandom fit into the context of the show, which is obviously about different things? The it? show is uh, about crowds hmm. and the the element to which crowds get taken away. There's an old expression, uh, people go mad in crowds and only recover their senses gradually and one by one. And the show's sort of uh, about that. And it's me, it was when I went to Liverpool, Southampton, at uh, in Southampton, and met these Liverpool fans who befriended us and it was our, our whirlwind adventure together um, uh, witnessing this game. And it's sort of about people's willingness to accept me or like their enthusiastic willingness to accept me and uh, the other people in the cabal's unwillingness to accept me. And it's sort of in a way uh, about immigration if, you, if you're if so inclined to accept allegories. Um, I just got to stop you there just for a second now because we've got a bit of breaking news. Do um, we? And there there's, could be some Watford fans on the motorway. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. The game's off, folks. Oh. Tranmere have just tweeted, unfortunately, the pitch is not recovered. Old Storm Brendan already kind of dumped on an already damaged pitch, which meant the game has been postponed. So if you're on your way uh, up the motorway, then stop because it's off a new date will be announced in due course but no match tonight why between... they called it Storm Brendan this great storm these great wins especially you don't want Storm Brendan when Liverpool going for a title do you that's you the problem don't. so anyway game's off folks so unfortunately um, we'll bring you more on that a little bit later on but that's a bit of a blow reading a review of the show Alfie there seems to be a, a, quite a bit of the show devoted to sort of working with the crowd sort of improv and Having yes. fun with them. Yeah, there is a lot of that. And I I'm never horrible to the audience, so just don't don't not buy a ticket on that account. Or mm. at least uh <laughs> you can always sit at the back. Um 
I, I want to talk to the crowd and which the way in which people operate and uh, function as part of a crowd. In the, it's amazing. As soon as the lights go down and the music comes off, everybody just congeals into this crowd and they have this sort of collective psychological moment where they they concede to the idea of what it is to be a crowd and to acknowledge that and investigate that and the way in which that mm. functions and try mm. and bring them out of it and of course crowds are united in kind of shared uh goals in you know it's it's the liverpool fans shared goal to watch liverpool win it's uh, you know, protest marches shared goal for austerity to stop or whatever. And it's the audience's shared goal to laugh. But also you can unite the audience by talking to one person because it's their shared relief that they're not yeah. being spoken to. Mm. And to analyse all that stuff whilst it's going on and then to address crowds in other ways. So there's the uh, our, our shared moral perceptions about like Dubai or uh, the mistreatment of people in Qatar and whatever. But we are more than willing to accept goods made by slaves if it's further away yeah so it you know collective cognitive i mean in, in sport in football if you want to focus on one thing it's the kind of great joy of being part of a crowd of, of, of like-minded people in that moment when your team score or they uh, or they win something or well, pre-var it was yeah. Yeah, yes that's well that's exactly, exactly the problem that's with VAR. It, yeah. it sort of robs you of the immediacy of the yeah. abandon of the moment of scoring a goal it's mm. uh it's it's taken something you can't help yourself it kind of doesn't it doesn't because you can't help yourself if you, you in that moment, you don't think, oh, it could be chalked off by... Me. I do. You, you, no, That's because I'm a just, pessimist. Oh, but I, don't, I think you can't, you can't <laughs> not. I've done Somebody, it several times this year. I just haven't... People have been going mad around me, and I'm just going... Let's, have, let's find waiting. out. Yeah, I just think you can't, you're lost in the moment. Even, but then that, you get, even that 5-4 against the fifth goal was disallowed against Ajax, one of the best yeah. games I've been to for a very long time. Yeah. Hudson Adoy, um, uh, um, Abraham, Tommy Abraham, handball. That's I right. Thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but then you've got the sinister side of that crowd dynamic, which we're seeing a little bit more these days. That people think they can kind of get lost in a crowd and have an anonymity to do all sorts of appalling things within, often within football crowds. They think that will get you know they they think they're going to get lost in the crowd, but of course that's I not going to happen. That is a function of being in the crowd, or whether that's just. I mean, I suppose you have the safety of the crowd, but these people are outliers, or at least you would you would hope that they are, and it seems like in every you collect 45,000 people anywhere hmm. and there's um uh, a good possibility that a, a, any number of any 45,000 people there's going to be some pretty bad people yeah, there sure uh so i don't yeah I'm, i wonder if it is the crowd but these people feel like they're they're outliers and they're 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 making an individual stand to say something awful away from everybody else. They wouldn't do that as an individual in, in the street or in front of somebody, but they feel like yeah. in a collective they've got maybe a chance of, I don't know, whether it's not being caught or just that bit of... Isn't it the same as in social media where people feel yeah, empowered maybe. to do something? Well, or in your car, you'll say yeah, something... To, like when somebody cuts yeah. you up, you'll, you'll, you will confront them with more uh, virulent animosity than you would <laughs> if they were, like, <laughs> like you were yeah. nose to nose. Oh, with God, them. he's getting out the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the worst, worst moments you could ever imagine. You did, I just want to come back yeah, to something because you did a fine impersonation of Michael Owen there and it was really accurate. I was thinking... Of course, your mum's Jan Ravens, and yeah. does it run in the family? That she's are you a good impressionist? Brilliant, mimic, uh, of no, not really. Oh, I mean, really? I, I that wasn't. It was like if 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 I thought if it was an, good. Well, it was. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, actually, I but, it was um, good. yeah, uh, but. In... I knew who it was. Yes. <laughs> you didn't have to say Better that. Than mine. Oh, look, who's that coming into the room? Why, if it isn't, uh, John Noakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I yeah, I suppose if I if I I never really practiced them, and I think if you're an impressionist, you really have to kind of work at it. And if I, if an actual impressionist was here, I think you'd you really would hear the difference. Uh, it's it's I'm quite good with my voice. I can I can do I can do voices, but I'm I wouldn't say that I was an impressionist anywhere near. Uh, uh, my mother, who I no. think is one of the best. Would she occasionally tell you yeah. off as Margaret Thatcher or Cilla Black, or would she get would, she, would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Mm, she, no, <laughs> she never did that. But she sometimes would do rather uh, searingly accurate impressions of my girlfriends, oh. Um, oh. which, like, you don't want you don't want your girlfriends the sound that comes out of her mouth suddenly coming out of your mum's <laughs> mouth. That's, that's yeah. quite a discombobulating feeling. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. So, uh, where can we see you then, Alfie? You've got we're actually at the Soho Theatre, aren't you? From the, the Soho Theatre for end of this a month. week. Yeah, twenty seventh of Jan. Twenty seventh of Jan. Yes, first uh, of Feb. Then you're touring the country with the show. Aren't touring you? the country, going everywhere. Unless I'm not going to where you are, uh, and if where you are is Cornwall, I can only apologise. <laughs> um, uh, then I'm going to Australia. But yes, uh, alfiebrowntour.com is okay. my website where you should go and buy tickets if you are so inclined. I mean, a bit of a weird moment for Paul Brown, who's got in touch today. He said, this is a bit weird. He said, my lad is called Alfie Brown. And I was told this week by his teacher that he has a future in comedy due to his impeccable timing. He is only 10. Also, my mum is from Liverpool, and that's why I'm a Liverpool fan. Well, that's this incredible. Is a bit weird, this is, isn't it? Paul wants to be friends with me, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think he does. He, he may be in touch. Yes. Uh, well, Paul... Um, Hi, uh, good choice on the name. <laughs> if he does want to go into comedy, may I suggest that he maybe calls himself uh, Zach? Uh, yeah, what's his middle name? Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to get confusing. Uh, either one of the Alfies could lose work in about I, 10 I years. hope to do well enough uh, that I am the primary Alfie Brown for the foreseeable future. <laughs> He'll be Alfie J. Brown. No slight like to your that. son, it's... Paul, but yeah. yeah. Alfred, sure. did you name him Alfred, Alfred Paul? Let us know on Twitter. Alfred Brown. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, so we were just saying then uh, with the Tramier Watford game off, we were just con- conjecturing what you would do if you're on the old coach. You could turn around if you're on the train. You might as well carry on mm. uh, up to uh, the Wirral. And um, Andy Smart is with us, and I was quite shocked to discover that he knew a lot of pubs on the Wirral. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, what a surprise well, that we was. Used to, we used to do a, a pub crawl when I was at college in Liverpool, and we used to get the ferry across when because uh, the, the pubs used to be shut between three and five. Hmm. So we used to get the ferry across to uh, Birkenhead and then go off into uh, uh, all those around there, um, just drinking in the, in the pubs and then go back to Liverpool again in the evening. Did you have a favourite Liverpool pub back in the day? Was that oh, used to yeah. be? The, uh, <laughs> the Belvedere in Egberth was uh, a fantastic pub, yeah. Oh, right. I was captain of the crib team. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Is it still there? Because so many great pubs aren't. Is it still no, there? No, sadly, it's, uh, it, oh, last man. time I went, it was closed down. It was oh. all boarded up. Yeah, I think it and he's a regular sad. visitor of the studio, but yeah. he is uh, give you a bit of a bug if you've never heard. I find it hard to believe. He's here, <laughs> he's here as much as we are, really. But um, he's, he's been in the Comedy Store Players for how many years now? Uh, it's our 35th birthday in October. What about that? Improv group uh, twice wow. a week with the Comedy Store in London. You've been in the London. whole 35 years? Uh, I was a guest up until 96, and then I became a full player. Oh, wow, what about yeah, that? Well, he is tremendous. a Farnborough fan. Uh, he is uh, a ball runner. We often speak to him when he's off in Pamploma. He chases cheese down a hill in <laughs> Gloucestershire. I mean, he doesn't do that as much. Never too again. dangerous Never now. Never again. And uh, you, <laughs> you are and now... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's coming up the on the 25th. Shro- yeah, Tuesday football. Andy's often there in the... What they call it? The... 
the efforts in the down. No, 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 the hug. The hug when you're yeah, in the I'm hug, in the and, hug yeah. and you commentate live with your mobile phone, which is good of you. And also, <laughs> one uh, nil. I'm predicting. Yeah, yeah. it's always yeah. a very, it's always it's always a very tight <laughs> affair. <laughs> and if you're gonna have a bet on it, be quite you're fun. writing a non-league um, football column. I am. Yeah, well, I am for the non-league paper. Mm. Uh, yeah. And you've taken in what games have you been to recently? Well, this weekend I went to Binfield versus Deal in the FA Vars. A classic. Was it? It was. It was very windy, as you can imagine, on the south coast of Kent on Saturday. And Binfield had a man sent off after about 60 minutes or 55 minutes. And. And then uh, the deal went one up, and I thought, "Oh, that's it now." And then they, uh, they, uh, Binfield got one back, so I'm going to the replay in Binfield on Saturday. <laughs> oh, for goodness, <laughs> Do you, are you I mean, the, if they get through that, they're playing concert in Durham. Oh, okay. I'm going to follow it all the way yeah, to Wembley. Now, yeah. So, uh, are you in the press box or are you in the fans? No, no, I'm out. <laughs> press box. Press well, box. You I can't have a roll up in the press box. And the press box usually a non-league crowd is just a different coloured paper. Bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what well, other weird, wonderful games you've been taking in recently? Uh, where else have I been? I've, uh, I went to. <laughs> I've been to, well. I went to the Binfield Upfield game in the in the you previous round. Love Binfield, don't you? <laughs> for goodness' sake. What's the average home gate? Would you say uh, at uh, Deal it was 160, 180? They were saying it was they were having a good season. They, I didn't realise that they'd actually won the FA Vars back in two thousand. So they're the only club in Kent to have done it. Wow. Financially, yeah. how does that work? I mean, you can't sort of finance a club on 180 people. I mean, well, you can because the players, <laughs> the players aren't getting paid. Yeah, no, I so. They're only yeah. getting like their tra- their their train fares or their their uh, you know a bit of sub- mm. subsidies for their travel, and uh, some of them some of them get like 30 quid or something. But, uh, <laughs> the bar did a roaring trade on. It was very nice, Whitstable Ale down there. God. If there are other beers available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. You do love it, though, don't you? You embrace it, which is the right uh, yeah, way to because it's, it. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you get chatting to people. I had a, a bloke came up with his son, and he was, he was like... Uh, what are you doing here? You don't. You, you, the, so they spot. They spot you're an outside. Do it all go oh, quiet yeah. when you walk in the stadium? <laughs> 180 voices silence. They all look at you like an old Wild like, West saloon. Yeah, yeah or uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, yeah it's a bit like that. <laughs> in it. some of the bars, but they, no, they're, they're very friendly. At the, Do you at wear that a level. hat with press on it so they know a trilby? <laughs> a trilby, so they know yeah, you are yeah, with some tickets great. in the, in the yeah. hat band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I had a lovely bloke came up with his son on Saturday and he was talking to me and he said oh he said uh, your voice is familiar I said oh, I, I do talk sport he said that's where I've heard you he yeah. said I listen to the boys every day in fact I take my lunch at one o'clock he oh, said oh god bless him yeah yeah and uh, he particularly no. likes my take on the lower levels of football he does he do. Andy, what Andy calls lower league football which is anything outside the top six isn't it really yeah yeah that's the way he views it because you came to me you came with me once to yeah, Chelsea yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, do you I, like the occasional big matches it, really? it is very different isn't it I mean it the is. game at Chelsea or a game at Binfield a bit frustrated at the Premier Games because yeah. I, sort of, I want to swap ends at half time and you know I want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to be walking around with my beer and uh, going yeah. going, going in I, a quiet corner for I a roll up. Got friends up on Mercy. I went up and watched Prescott Cables play a little while ago when oh, I was yeah. up there. And we had a great day. It was brilliant. You know, you can just kind of wander around and some, and some of them have got like, a great atmosphere. Uh, uh, Deal and at Binfield, both the clubhouses have got windows facing the pitch, so you yeah. can just, this, you can just stand inside with your beer. The people are doing exactly yeah, yeah. that, but. Um, <laughs> But I, I can completely see the attraction. Eh? Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you took in some non-league football? <laughs> I'm going to take you one. I'm going to take say you. I'd never. 
I've sure. never been to a non-league Other football match. Other than the club I was involved with, who you know, the local football club. But not, I mean, I mean Sundays. I mean, going to a stadium where you might yeah. pay sort of three or four quid to get in. Like, oh, low, no. Oh, low yeah. Three or four quid? Well, OK. Well, I'm, the sort of, <laughs> well, maybe... This is, well, this is the thing. Twelve quid down at Farm, right? I'd say, <laughs> I'd, I'd say never. You've never been. I've never, I've never been. been. We've got, I went to, I went to Hampton. We I went on uh, New Year's Day. I went to Hampton Richmond versus Dulwich. That was a hell of a game. You've got quite great. a few teams around. You'd your love way. Hampton. You I sat in the Alan Simpson stand because he was uh, yeah, yeah, no, he was no, there yeah. for forty years supporting. What do you mean? I don't know. To me, it always seems to be such a snobby thing to say. <laughs> I'm going to get slaughtered for this, but it's a bit like going to see. It's either. Do you want to go and see like the top actors at the the old Vic or sort of you know yeah. theatre? Like, what do you want to go and see? Alan Dram. That's it. Yeah, doing. You want to that's DC it. the players? I mean, doing some would South say there's a lot of benefit of but seeing see, amateur. Do you know it's almost? But then that's where that's you know you see players that later on are going to go and play in the, you know the championship and the premier. Some of them even in the premiership, like you know Vardy and Jones and yeah, and, no, it does happen. Know. I agree. Yeah, with that. yeah. That's right. Unlikely. That's right. <laughs> but but <laughs> you, you almost don't. I mean, look, you do watch it for the football. Mm. If you're a fan of those things, but if you're the casual observer and you go yeah. to those matches, you're not going for the technical excellence. No, are you? you're going. Yeah. You're going to enjoy the whole. The whole experience and yeah. you know, the, the, they all have really good <laughs> food <Yeah>. bars <laughs> yeah, well that's good <laughs> which I mean, are amazing you do yeah. show your colours because I remember um, going years ago to watch Orient versus Fulham I think when they were both in what I suppose the equivalent of League 2 yeah. and I'd gone with a mate oh yeah I mean the games like the that the ball was oh, one different. end of the other it was headed then there was a miscontrolled pass and then the ball was in the air and there was a, thing, a game of head tennis for and I said get it on the floor and this, <laughs> this old boy turned around <laughs> to me in his Orient scarf said Get it on the floor. You don't care how much, do you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> so just look of. Well, you, do get, you you get teams like that, but you also get teams that play really good yeah. one touch football, and 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 they they'll play their way through you, and it's and you you can see some uh, some marvelous uh, managership on the sidelines with people. We I mean we were shouting the other day when Farnborough were losing three 0 to Pool. We were all just shouting, "Put two strikers on! <laughs> Put two strikers on!" Did he listen to you? No, no, he did. <laughs> what was the final score? We lost three one. Oh, well, you got a goal quite, back. We got one goal an back. Attractive idea that you you have an effect on 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 the pitch because I, I was at Chelsea recently and I got so sick of them playing it out from the back that I screamed at the top of my voice and I sit behind the goal yeah go long <laughs> and he actually kept it he heard me he went oh long <laughs> you're <laughs> claiming Kepa heard you <laughs> I am <laughs> the, the coach keeper, at Chelsea the, yeah. the Chelsea keeper does exactly what you say that's ridiculous <laughs> now we're going to have a chat about uh, you're going to be our film I'll try to oh, save yeah. it Andy <laughs> Spies with us we've got some other stuff as well but very, just very quickly last time we, we spoke to you you were just about to head off to uh, Crisis at Christmas you always oh, yeah. do a kind of week yeah. uh, at uh, Crisis and uh, I, was, so, I spent the whole seven day, uh, nights mm. outside uh, with Mike who was in charge of the outside area and we had an area uh, we had the smoking area we had a bit of a footpath and a bit by the kennels where they keep the dogs and uh, and we didn't have one incident for the whole week which was like a record no one's ever really? done that before uh, we found uh, a record number of um, homes for people that were there over the Christmas and we had about 210 guests every night and uh, they all had a good time it was great do you feel any more optimistic how many years have been doing it now uh, that was my 13th and year. you've seen the amount of people 
people coming in, no, which has increased over the. But yeah. are you feeling any more optimistic? Maybe after this year about about the sort of plight of the homeless. I mean, uh, I think there, there's there's more people doing stuff, but I think it's the government up to the government to do some stuff. And they're, they're, you know, and universal credits are forcing more and more people to become homeless. It's, it's got to change. That system has got to go because it's not working at all. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. <laughs> Andy Smart is with us in the studio. Maybe Only welcome we can return. Uh, and as, as I say, Andy is the ball runner. He does chase that cheese down uh, the, uh, the Cooper's the Hill. Cooper's you want to Hill. Comedy's John Noakes. You are. Yes, that's that's, right. He was an inspiration to me. Yeah. Well, you are taking on one what, of the yeah. great one of the great challenges. You're, you just told us next month you're doing the Cresta Run. Yeah, twelfth of Feb. I'm doing the Cresta Run with Marcus Brigstock. For those <laughs> that don't know what it is, explain. It's uh, it's a really old bobsleigh run maintained by the British Army. I think. Um, out in Samaritz, and uh, it's it's just a classic. And I, I used to watch the racing with my gran when I was about seven or eight. And uh, when the racing was rained off, they'd have uh, sports from around the world on ITV's World of Sport. And mm. um, and one of them was the Cresta Run, and I saw it, and I thought one day I want to do that. And I've been trying for <laughs> for sort of forty five years now to get to get, and I finally convinced Marcus to let me have a go. So he's wow. he's got contacts there, so we're going to go. That's it's amazing. a one point two one two five. I don't know if it's very accurate. <laughs> You're just shouting numbers out. Yeah, about trains. It's one point two one two one two one the two one two five, five from Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Andy? <laughs> it's a one point two <laughs> kilometer run. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the few in the world dedicated entirely to the skeleton. Yeah, I hope you skeleton, end up being a skeleton. Skeleton after. Bob. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what a bloke! What a lovely lad he was. <laughs> skeleton Bob. <laughs> I still love skeleton Bob. Yeah. Great DJ. Put a bit of weight yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Also, as two comedians, you will be allowed to do that routine, won't you? If you say to Marcus, "Who are you?" He says, "I'm a tobogganist." You say, "Well, I have twenty Rothmans, please." What's it? Just do that one. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> 
Um, so, but you're, you're, tell us how far your your chin is from the ice when it's you're on It's about two inches above the ice, wow. and you're doing about 60. To, well, I won't be doing 60 miles an hour on my first run, definitely. I'll be taking it very cagey on the it's first lucky run. lucky Brucey didn't have a go. Or Jimmy Hill. What are the, what are the, groove in the track. What are the chances of you? I mean, what's the percentage of people that do come off on, on the run? Is it quite high? I don't know. I, 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 I would never look into those sort of figures before I did something. That's I might look really, afterwards. Yeah, yeah but I'm not going to look into those sort of no, figures. Of course. And so I mean, you're putting it in your mind, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, there's a YouTube video of like people flying off at corners, but I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> wow. right. The producer's been to Sam Moritz, who was just right. telling me. Not to do this thing. And I, no, of course not. <laughs> no. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, he said to me it was the best cheese fondue he's ever had in his oh, life. Oh, yeah, he's a daredevil, isn't he? <laughs> the way all that hot cheese he could have burnt so his fingers, he? <laughs> he doesn't mess about. <laughs> what about that? So, Ed, is there anything, is there other things you'd like to try? You like these Def Defies? Is, is there another one? you'd like to take on uh, I'd like, yeah great this white a bucket list I'd like to go to swim with great whites yeah but uh, not in a cage knowing you <laughs> no just in one of those chain mail ones <laughs> yeah. yeah wow yeah I'd love to go and do that but uh, yeah any, anything that sort of crops is up is there anything on... you I mean so the cheese <laughs> you've decided now Cooper's no, Hill is too dangerous I did the cheese once and I was I would never do that again how <laughs> they there's the, the guy that has won it the last sort of 12 years mm. he's incredible and he just he goes down and just bounces up again. It's like he's made of rubber. But, I mean, I got to the end of it and I was covered in bruises. And the day that I did it, there was about 12 people taking off in ambulances to the hospital wow. with broken collarbones and broken arms it's and broken It's done unofficially legs. now, isn't it? Because I think they've kind of closed they it down. Try, yeah, the police would up. rather people didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, but they can't really stop them because they've been doing it there since uh, about six centuries, so... It's an age-old tradition. Yeah. I, I do, I mean, I sort of, I partly admire people who do these mad things, but there's part of me that does think, as you know, Paul, what's the point? <laughs> the yeah, yeah. This, a, a, this woman is becoming the youngest woman to ski solo to the South Pole, Molly yeah. Hughes. She arrived yesterday after battling for 702 miles over eight weeks. At one point, she faced an eight-day whiteout. And you think, I don't know, she said... The well, big, you think, big, what's the point? Well, I do, really. The biggest challenge of the whole trip was being... I mean, but she's well already done. She's already climbed. Uh, Everett, she's the only woman to have climbed both the north and south faces of Everest. Oh, so good, she's, you know... She's, she's got plenty of time on her hands. <laughs> <laughs> Get a job, love. No, I, I think it's all for charity Goodness if you look it up. <laughs> it's all, yeah. That's well, he said this, he said this to Serrano. No, Fine, Serrano. Fine. <laughs> honestly, Andy, this is I true. Did. That was my worst one ever. And he said, he said, Serranov, he said, uh, it's, it's fantastic to meet you. And, and, and he said, I've always wanted to ask someone like you, an adventurer like you, what's the point? And he looked at him, and he honestly looked at him, he said, well, I've raised £10 million for charity. Yes, he, was he went, quite oh, disdainful. fair enough. <laughs> 10 million quid the bloke's made doing this stuff, putting his life on the line. You know, he's a Edmund hero. Hillary, what's what, the point, mate? What's the Andy Jacobs, what's the point? You can see that on Channel 5. Now, um, yeah. do you want to know about the bit? First, give us news of the bit. Yeah, yeah the bit. It's a bird, isn't The it? thing was that for a long time on TalkSport, we had, was it an ad? It was an was advert. It, it was an advert, yeah. Was it, and, I tell you how old it was. I think it was for video cassettes. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. The, ad, the advert would start with, it would start like, it would go, ooh, ooh. That's the mating cry of the, <laughs> the bitten. bitten. Good and job those it. windows. Oh, so no. we, got, we got quite into the bitten. So I thought, you know, it became quite a thing on the show. And then yeah. obviously the, the trail or the ad stopped and that was it. I but great news. The bitten has been voted England's bird of the decade. Wow, fantastic. The heron-like wader, because you couldn't say bird again, yeah. whose booming mating call, see, there it was, is the loudest in the country. Is that it? 
Yeah. I just think you're not very good with direction, are you? You're throwing your voice. Yeah, the mating call. Throaty mating call. It's been given the honour by the RSPB. I don't know if it's there's an awards night. Oh, yeah. The head bitten turns up. Black tie. Black tie this evening. Penguin suits, well, yeah. Penguin suits, yeah. <laughs> well, their feathers are black and white anyway, so they wouldn't well, have to good bit knowledge off the top of your head. After it managed to fight back from near extinction. That's fantastic, isn't it, to see? <laughs> yeah. The bitten. You don't the bitten with a bitten, do you? <laughs> it's good Once news. bitten, twice shy. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> now, Andy, um, one of the big movies at the moment is 1917. I'm yes. looking forward to seeing it. I saw Sam it with Mendes. the boy yesterday. You've yeah. seen it. So, I saw it with the boy yesterday. I mean, no spoiler alert. I mean, no. just to let you know that we win it the following year. <laughs> but I'm sorry about that, if, in case you yeah, didn't you'd know. You'd think they picked a 1918 rather than yeah. One, yeah. One, the one that we lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, were you impressed? I was very impressed. It's uh, a stunning film. Um, it's all about those little moments in war that uh, make up the sort of the bigger picture um, and the, the sort of the, the lives that are touched by one person as they go on a little quest I suppose um, and it's but the, the, the fascinating thing about it is that it's all on one camera shot wow well that's how they that's how it looks I mean obviously they must have cut here and there and then what if somebody made up. a mistake <laughs> Well, and that's what I, that's what I can't understand. Well, but it is—it is absolutely happened, doesn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely yeah. incredible the way they've done it, and it just looks like you're, you. So you get really caught up because it's almost like real time. You're watching this in real mm, time, yeah. and and you really get caught up in, in in the action with it because because it's it is that just one shot. The only person you could get on board to play the lead role if you just wanted to do it really in one shot is Mark Nicholas. <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> the king of the one shot wonder, of course. The way he does the cricket about, when he does the cricket yeah. highlights he often does the thing where you know, quite a long interview with say Joffre Arch who's the player of the day and he'll say Joffre fantastic so do five minute interview then he'll turn to the camera and that's an exciting moment in a great test match join us tomorrow such as and you think if he messes this up he's got yeah. to do the whole interview again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but he never does he never does, never does. until no I put it ways. into his head one time when we were interviewing <laughs> yeah. him <It's> <laughs> He said, <laughs> no, he did. He really got. I I think Mark looked quite worried when he left the studio. No, no. Yeah. He's never thought about it before, that's ever. Right. <laughs> he just does it naturally. Man, and then someone goes, wait, you know it. that thing you do? Can't what? Do can't do it now. He yeah. makes a mistake every time. Sorry, Joffre, I interviewed him for the like, 15th time. <laughs> it's like when you're playing golf with your mates and you just go, yeah, you're on a hole with a lake down one side. And you just go, don't think about the water. And you know, as soon as you say <laughs> that, the ball's going in there. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, uh, the BBC Archive uh, said earlier on today on social media that on this day in 1994, Fantasy Football League mm. was first broadcast on BBC One uh, with David Bedell and Frank Skinner, of course. Yeah. And the first guests on show one 
were Peter Cook, the legendary late great Peter Cook, God, and Mandy Smith. Uh, I and, think and she was uh, going out with the Everton player Pat, Pat Vandenhout at the time. Yeah. Certain notoriety in the nineties. She does kind of slightly date the guest list on that basis a little bit. But um, I'm sure you're fully aware that uh, Andy and I worked together on the show. I came in on the World Cup in '98, but Andy produced every fantasy football show uh, yeah, really right through to the very last yeah. series. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't yeah. do the 2000. Oh, no, didn't do the 2000, but right through certainly to the World Cup. Mm. So it was there. It was very much 70 shows. As, as Frank called him in his autobiography. The Roy Keane of the operation, the engine room uh, of of <laughs> uh, putting fantasy football together. So I thought we thought we might reminisce. What do you? Uh, great mean, fun. Well, the first thing that came to mind to me because I've forgotten it had started yeah. in January because I loved it. Obviously, I watched yeah, it as, yeah. as a viewer. Was that it had started in January, which was quite odd. It was kind of mid-season. Can you remember why that was? Yeah, because I think that we did a pilot in the autumn, and <clears> it just seemed rather than wait for the following season, let's get on with it. it didn't seem to matter really. And the the, the, the bee didn't mind that. No, the, no, no, the pilot. Now, after the pilot, mm. um, that, Janet Street Porter, we she jo- joined us in the studio a little while ago, didn't she? Mm. She was the commissioning editor, kind of overseeing fantasy football. She wasn't sure about Stato. Well, was there were she? two pilots, I think. The first pilot, um, Stato wasn't <clears throat> in it. Oh right, and uh, it was Andrew Weinstein who had invented the game yeah. here and uh, had the rights for it and everything. And he was good at what he did, but he wasn't quite right for what they wanted. He was a bit sort of straight and everything. Mm. And they wanted somebody who knew a lot about football but was a real eccentric character. And I, I bumped into uh, Angus Locker and I was stand- I was on a gantry at Tottenham. We were doing the company I worked for. We were doing this, uh, the worldwide television coverage. Yeah. It was Spurs versus Leeds. And uh, and Angus was commentating for the Spurs club video, and I was just fascinated. I couldn't watch the game. I was just fascinated by this guy, <laughs> and he's moving his head and just the way he was speaking the whole thing. I thought, perfect, he's the guy. Wow! So I, Good I brought him in, and the chemistry with David and Frank was there immediately, and they had a lot of fun with him. And he joined in. He's a good man, Angus, and he joined in. He did everything they wanted him to do. And uh, but then uh, after that pilot, uh, Janet called me in, and she said. Uh, it's not very good as the Angus. <laughs> Time to get acting lessons. <laughs> I said, no, I said, that's the point. I said, Tell him to get acting lessons. Yes. I said, he's meant to. He's meant to be like that. He's meant to be that bad. Yeah. That's the whole point <laughs> of it. And so, anyway, bless her, she let us get on with it. Oh, well, that's, well, that's good from her. We did a bit of audience it? research, which was a bit odd, but that, 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 well, I can What on the that. show? Yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of all that, as you, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. What I did think, they tell you about it then? What did the audience oh, I say? I can't remember, but I didn't listen to any of it. I I just thought, I quite like this show. It hasn't changed, what, I he? don't care what you think. <laughs> oh, it hasn't changed. So I'm looking at the... I'm other... not a big fan of focus groups. You'll not be surprised to know. What did you What did you discover then about that, that first Peter Cook and Mandy Smith? Can, what was it like that? Can you remember that first? Yes, show? I can. And uh, I remember Peter Cook being very, very funny. And, of course, I think David in particular loved Peter Cook. You know, he was a comedy hero for yeah. them. It was near the end of his life. He died soon afterwards. Right. But he was still very funny. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He did a bit about Alan Latchley, you know, the f- football The great manager, bit he did the, with Clive Anderson. Had, yeah. I think he's going to be joining us soon yeah. in the studio. So, uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I rem- what I remember about it, what I, rem- <laughs> I remember the, the green room afterwards, they used to serve these roast beef and Yorkshire pudding, little mini Yorkshire oh, puddings. I thought it'd come back to the food. <laughs> they were delicious. <laughs> That's the thing you remember about the series. <laughs> Andy Jacobs reminisces. <laughs> so I used to love those. And also, uh, uh, the what thing a bizarre, was... What a bizarre thing to pull out of nowhere. The, the point was we'd record, we, the show was 29 minutes, and we'd yeah. record about, especially with David and Frank, we'd record sometimes up to nearly an hour. That's quite and a of course, when you're editing, your 
When would you record the show? On a we day, record the day it on a Thursday night. Yeah. And uh, the minute the, this, we'd all go into the green room, we'd have the Yorkshire puddings and everything. As soon as, <laughs> soon forget as, the Yorkshire puddings. No, soon, well, I don't can't forget. Them. <laughs> so, as soon as everybody went home, then we'd go upstairs and we'd start editing the show that night. Yeah. So it was what, a, a, a kind of not yeah. not in the edit, not so in the edit suite. Incredibly you mean, long day. You mean writing mean, down how you're going to edit it, or was, you, no, know, doing, you went straight into the edit doing suite. the edit because right. I. Uh, as as the show went on, as I was a producer in the gallery, I'd been sort of making an edit plan as it went on. That's good. That's uh, yeah. We'll put that bit in there. So and then you had to sell it to them because you yeah. may be cutting out one of their the well, gags that, that, that they never wanted, happened. They wanted to save. <laughs> that never yeah. happened. No, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, I bet you had to suggest it a few times. Yeah, said, I know you had a real big laugh there, Frank, but yeah. I think we need to cut no, that out. I didn't out. even bother to suggest it. I knew that would <laughs> never ever fly. So no. no, all the gags had to be in, and that was an important thing. But I mean, by the time we'd started, like in sort of nine. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. We started about nine o'clock on the Thursday morning. And I think I'd probably leave the studio about four o'clock in the morning the next day. Yeah. It was a long, old <laughs> Did you have the Friday hall. off? I did have the Friday off. <laughs> Lightweight. <laughs> Lightweight. But um, it, was, it was a massive amount of fun. Yeah. Nick Hornby, I remember, doing very well in that first series. That, yeah, I mean, you look at the guests in the first series. Patsy Kensett, she was lovely. Second yeah. show, Karen Brady and Bob Mortimer. Third yeah, show, Roy Hattersley and Motti. Yes. Fourth show was Sue Johnston and Eddie Large. Show five, Sue loved had Basil football. Brush, Roddy Doyle and Li Richard Littlejohn. It's a great guest <laughs> Basil booking. Brush was tremendous yeah. because we'd all loved him. And <clears throat> you, the, the, the a guy that worked him. <laughs> the guy it? that worked him, yeah. Oh, Sorry, kids, if it's ruined it for you. Ivor. Ivor, that's yeah. it, Ivor. And he, he'd be... He'd, he, Ivor liked to sort of preserve the whole sort of fourth wall thing about Basil, that Basil was a real person. So you never saw Ivor. So you couldn't see Ivor. So basically, Ivor had to be in position before the audience came into the room. So Ivor would sort of get underneath Stato's sort of kitchen area. He'd be cramped in there with his arm up. Sort and he of was like, probably up there with you about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. I wow, mean, for an old time, man. By the time we, we had to sort of like <laughs> take him out in that position. Some that of the names in. in his first series. Andrew Ridgely came back with Peter Cook for the yeah, first. Lennox Lewis and Motti together. That on show good. seven, I, I bet Motti doesn't remember that. Karen Brady and Roddy Dolder. West Ham forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm forever blowing bubbles. He did you know? that. <clears throat> Lennox, I remember that. Yeah, what a lineup of guests you had then. Eighteen <laughs> shows in the first series. That was a long run, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it yeah. was a long run. And uh, Gab Cancello has got very happy memories of Ray Stubbs coming on uh, and singing Barry White style Peter and Love. Peter and Love. Uh, yes, yeah, because he, he every time <clears throat> Ray would say P Peter and Love, he'd say Peter and Love. So they picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garth Crooks come on as Garth Brooks with a big cowboy hat. That was on, fun. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that should take you back. Nineteen ninety-four mm. was today was the the first show. Marvelous. Yeah, you remember Ooh, quite I've a come lot. Alive. You? I mean, but I, <laughs> I, I, the, the thing I do take away from this, although are the, are the Yorkshire puddings, <laughs> yeah, that's mainly what you. Well, it's funny enough. I, I, at Christmas, I made, I still make those things today myself, and I made, and the boys, mm. my boys, were quite young at the time, and they used to come along to the green room, watch the show, and then sort of eat all the food afterwards. Yeah. And they reminded me at the time, they said, oh, yeah, we used to have these at fantasy football, so it was a big thing for them as well. James Cooper came along once. He said, Dean Holdsworth and Paula Yates were guests. I seem to remember she tried to hit Frank every time he said something that she deemed naughty. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had to sort of have a word with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I did. Gaz says... She, in the, she was lovely, but she... I can't say. It would Gaz, be unfair to say why. Gaz in the World Cup shows says he remembers uh, 
the name compounds, the World Cup name compounds, including Dugarry Wilmots. That was <laughs> yeah. one of them. Um, so, yeah, thanks for all of those. Uh, thank you, Andy. And, my uh, my favourite memory with you is the one, <laughs> and we have talked about this on the show before, but when Frank decided that he wanted to find lookalikes in in great old works great of old art. Great old paintings, and yeah. And, of course, but this was before the internet, before Google. So if you wanted to find something like that, the only way you could do it would be to go to the library and go through a load of books about old art and try and find something. Yeah. And that, and we detailed you yourself to, yeah. to go and do that. And you came back with what absolutely brilliant Gary Neville and Glenn Hoddle in an old painting. It was unbelievable. It was them. It really yeah. was. And, uh, and so we were so happy to show Frank and then, and his immediate reaction was, oh, is there another one? Oh, actually another? there was. It was one Darren Anderton, but he said, just these two then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I suppose that's what made it good. They were, they were, uh, they were hard taskmasters. They were. And Mitchell says, how can you reel off all of this nostalgia but only get two out of five on Don't Ask Me? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's, good point, Mitch. It's a very good point. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, we were talking earlier on to Andy Smart, and our own Andy Jacobs told us he had, apart from Sunday football, with a team he used to co-manage, he has never really taken in proper lower league, non-league football. Know, He's never, not, win, not right, never been really, to a game. Yeah, not good. So a few people have been offering, including uh, one a fellow Chelsea supporter here. He said, Andy, I'll take you to home game at Boreham Wood as my guest, and you can see some good non-league football. And Moose loves it at Boreham Wood. I know, it's, it's his local, local club. OK, yeah. well, you'd have plenty of friends there. So, mm. right, look, we'll find you somewhere. I mean, you say so you've got closer, as we said, Hampton yeah. it will be very close for you. Walton, not very far away, is it? Walton would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want to. Well, Torquay, the producers offered you. That's yeah, that's a nice handy trip for Andy. Torquay, you can't be bothered to go to Hampton. He's not going to go to Torquay, especially the way you're playing at the moment, John. Anyway, that's true. Actually. So bad luck. Um, now, uh, the teenage climate activist Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Has uh, had a bit of a go at tennis ace Roger Federer. Oh, really? Well, basically, Roger is. Uh, is it all the methane coming off those cows he keeps getting given? <laughs> no, he's he's got an association with Credit Suisse, the bank. Oh yeah, and she's sort of basically uh, saying, well, this was her 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 quotes really that she thinks that uh, they're spending too much money on oil, gas, and coal sectors and everything. And she's told the tennis star to wake up. She said to him, wake mm. up. But, of course, it's not so easy for Roger. I think Roger said, well, I do hear what Greater is saying to me, but uh, it's worth about $5.5 million to him, the old sponsorship. Yeah. So it's a bit tricky. I don't think that's it. an argument you'll be particularly impressed with. <laughs> I don't think she will, really. Yeah, but Greater, with respect, you know, $5 million a year. It's a lot of money. Now, um, the letter... Before that... I move on from her, though... Oh, yeah, go on then. I yeah. did love this thing in Manchester. I don't know if you saw this. This was a salt spreader in Manchester for the cold weather, of course. Um, they've named it Gritter Thunberg. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Marvellous. Well done. That's all me Greta Greta material. I think you finished that. Now, the, the letter to the newspaper is, is a work of art. There's mm. been many books over the years of great letters to newspapers. Not to the I'm star, not sure. Not. <laughs> not sure. Um, they've got a little thread going in the Metro 3 newspaper. Mm. And this is from Chuffed in Sussex. <laughs> yeah, really, is he? Chuffed said, Big T asked if anyone could uh, beat his bargain of six Marks and Spencer's mince pies for 20p. <laughs> I went into Tesco Sunday night. I got 11 very large cheese twists from the bakery section for nine pence each. Wow. Did I beat you there, it says. I have no idea. And then Liz from Cumbernauld 
piped up. I can beat that, says Liz. Oh, can't you? I got a big packet of turkey feast crisps from M&S on Saturday for 10p. <laughs> Expiry date, February the 14th. <laughs> well, that's not bad. What a time to be alive, eh? <laughs> it's I just, marvellous. That great book and uh, uh, sort of Twitter feed, letters of note, all the great letters <laughs> yeah. that have been uh, mm. in the hands of the rich and famous over the years. So there we are. Cheese twists, nine pence a piece at Tesco. <laughs> this went to the star today on Gordon Ramsay from Ken. He mm. says... People who swear a lot have ignorance of the English language. In other words, you are ignorant, but you are. <laughs> With the letters. <laughs> Probably can spell your, I'd imagine. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't even know why you... Uh, the producer, of course, not very happy, wouldn't have enjoyed the 305 at Exeter today. It was the Exeter City Mayor's Novices Hurdle. Wow. <clears throat> who won, do you know? I don't, actually. Okay. Got... Uh, the meeting was called off, so he's delighted. Mm. Uh, is there anything that costs Exeter money, even as, as a town or a race course? <laughs> he's very, appears to delight. some planning news. Oh, uh, yeah, always planning news. Planning is, it, news. is it sport related? Not or? really. It's Game of Thrones star Kit Harrington. Oh, yeah. He's worried that winter is coming. Uh, the actor, 33, played <clears throat> show hero Jon Snow, has applied for a new heating system. <laughs> He's great to list at home. You've got to hand it to the Daily well, Star for that. this is the thing. If you've, got, if you've got a listed building mm. and you want to heat it, I mean, you can't have ye old heating system, can you? You can't no. have... Uh, Valent weren't around. Other <laughs> boilers are available, but they weren't around in about sixteen twenty, were they? Really? They, they did do the. They were. They did do the thing though that tabloid mm. newspapers always do. So the headlines: Kit's winter is coming. So you get it. Game of Thrones star is worried that winter is coming. So you can't get yeah, that. You get, get the idea. Winter's coming. Uh, right at the end, it goes. His character was famed for saying, "Winter is coming." Yes, of course it was. Yeah. Well, it's not strictly true. <laughs> we're kind of into winter at the moment. Winter is here. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really work, does it? No, it oh, we've apparently got a jingle for planning news. Do you want to hear? Oh it yeah, now? let's hear it. Here I we didn't go. Even know. Planning news. They've <laughs> <laughs> got Steve to do it. Yeah, I like that, John. It's a proper actor. This oh, next work. news. He's worked in the West next End. Next time we've got planning news, I'll give you a bit of the heads up, and then you yeah, can play okay. that before we'll rather than no afterwards. Idea. No idea. We had a jingle for that. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, Africa's richest man. Uh, he's got big plans. We were reading about him today. Uh, Aliko Dangote, his name is. Mm. Um, he's going to buy Arsenal. Is he? He's made his money in cement, uh, oil. Uh, salt, sugar, and flour. And he's 62. Mm. He's worth 8.5 billion quid. It's a lot of money. And uh, he was on TV and he said, uh, Yeah, Arsenal. He said, It's a team I would like to buy someday. He said, But I've got another 20 billion pounds worth of projects to concentrate on. He said, I'm trying to uh, finish building the company. And then after I've finished, sometime in 2021, um, I'll buy Arsenal. We just news to Stan Kroenke now about it. <laughs> he seems quite reluctant to sell. He said, I'm not buying Arsenal right now. I'm buying Arsenal when I've finished these projects. <laughs> so, yeah, go on, Stan. Expect an offer from uh, our old mate Alico. It's coming in. I know. Um, Summer Monty's Fulham. Oh, Pardon? This is this is uh, this is a classic. Summit. Summer Monty's Fulham is a woman who went out. Oh, it's a woman. It's not. It's no, not no. Summer Monty's book about Fulham. <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a woman who went out with Paul Hollywood from. Bake Off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had a relationship and then it broke up. But, yeah. So you'd think that would be the end of it. But no, she's carving out a new career, apparently. Is she? As a social media influencer. Fantastic. It's not really a career, is it? Well, I don't... <laughs> blimey. I bet you, you wouldn't mind being a few quid behind some of the social media influences, <laughs> would you, Andy? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, sad news about Tony Garnett, the film and um, TV producer. Mm. Funnily enough, I met him during the fantasy football Run, I think he came along and we got friendly. He was a lovely man, uh, a brilliant career in TV. He died. Cassie come home, Kez. He yeah, was yeah, involved so in so many things. I'm sure this he life, read wasn't he? A huge Villa fan. 
Was he really? Yeah, and apparently his friend said we were they were so pleased that he passed away before the six one. Oh think, really? Is that what they were saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yes, that was sad news. He was a, a, a yeah, brilliant was a, man, a, wasn't he? Yeah, a lovely man. So there we go. And uh, I'm quite mad. John Burkow, the common speaker. Yeah, apparently former. Former, exactly. Yeah. Um, he went on a bit of a splurge before he left. <laughs> he blew a splurge. A sp- yes, twelve grand on a farewell party for four senior common staff. As you do, we'll do that next Christmas <laughs> yeah. for the four of us. Yeah. Spent twelve grand on a party. Um, one cab ride from London to Nottingham to give a university speech cost a thousand pounds. Freedom of Information re- uh, Acts reveal or yeah. request. Can you get the train? It's a lot of money, isn't it, for a cab? Yeah. You know, £1,000, I'd have driven him for 500 I tell you, he's undercutting the cab trade now. Now, that'll play well with the talk sport no, no, heartland, no, won't it? He'd have hated right. my driving. Yeah, that's it. That's, so you'll try and get out of the building, there'll be a blockade of black cabs yeah. right across London Bridge. Yeah, Andy so. Jacobs block, undercutting and the cab trade. Two bits of health news. Three oh, yeah. cups of green tea a week has a protective effect on you. So You uh, drink a lot of it, don't you? I know, you? I drink three a day, so I should until I'm 105. Yeah, what a horrible thought. Highly unlikely, I'd say. <laughs> and uh, there's a new pill on the market yeah. that could replace exercise for sofa loafers. I've seen this, yeah. Perfect for my wife, who absolutely hates exercise. She'll love this. There's nothing better. It doesn't better. sound healthy, though, does it? They think they've well, isolated yeah, the, the doesn't element. Sound, doesn't uh, sound good, really. That, that kind of brings you the fitness, apparently. But talking of longevity, Terry Swan wrote to The Guardian. He said, <laughs> my wife just made 18 pounds of marmalade. She's 77 and I'm 78. Which of the three of us will last the longest? I thought that's fair enough, really. 18 pounds of marmalade is a lot of marmalade. marmalade. Even Paddington Bear say, come on, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Far too much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, that was this afternoon's show. It was good to go down memory lane, wasn't it, Andy? Lovely, yeah. Yeah, marvellous. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to have slightly uh, zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> Not fit for man nor beast, isn't he? He's just basically phoning in. I was just thinking, hello, Mullers. I remember you down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see you tomorrow. We've got a lot of great guests. Bombay Bicycle Club, Seamus from the world of wrestling, Matt Ford. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.